stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Democratic nominee Joe Biden uh, issuing a statement over the weekend uh, asserting that if indeed he is successful in becoming the next president of the United States, that he will put an end to this project and he will uh, revoke that that presidential permit. Uh, So potentially leaving Alberta on the hook, not just for the cost of everything we're putting into the pipeline, but potentially even uh, for dismantling it if it gets kiboshed at some point. Now, Premier Kenny uh, seems to think or hope that if the uh, project proceeds far enough along the road, that there's a new reality on the ground, maybe the uh, new president, if indeed there is one, will take a different view. But there's certainly some calculated risk here. Uh, Well, joining us to talk more about uh, some of these uh, many issues uh, around this uh, pipeline and where this all goes from here, very pleased to welcome back to the program uh, Dennis McConaughey. He was a former executive VP with TransCanada Energy. He's the author of uh, the book Breakdown, the Pipeline Debate and the Threat to Canada's Future. Much more at his website, Dialogues on Canadian Energy. That's D-O-C-E dot C-A. Dennis, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Good to be with you, Rob. So, like I say, maybe we shouldn't be surprised that this is the official position of the presumptive Democratic nominee, but what did you make of it, first of all? Well, it, this did not surprise me. I, I was not one who uh, thought of Joe Biden as a moderate Democrat anymore. I uh, always had the concern that he um, uh, would need to hold this position. Uh, it's regrettable. But people need to uh, recognize uh, he is not yet the president. And his statement yesterday that he would, quote, send the permit, uh, one of these permits has never been rescinded before. And uh, so there's still uh, considerable legal uncertainty as to how he could rescind it, especially if uh, TC Energy and its other uh, owner, which is now the Alberta government, has uh, completed uh, over the next uh, six to eight months the uh, section of pipeline that actually does cross the Canada-U.S. border. Uh, so uh, predictable, unfortunate, but there's a, a, um, first of all, he has to become president, and then we have to see if he can actually legally do this or not. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is still hypothetical in, in some respects. But, I mean, as you say, we, we kind of knew this could be a possibility. And surely the Alberta government must have known this was a possibility when it made the decision to, to back this project. Of course they did. And I think it was a calculated risk that you could have a Democratic president who would revisit or try to disable the project. Now, I think people need to recognize uh, back in 2015 when Barack Obama didn't provide a permit was one thing. Uh, And TransCanada at that time sued the Obama administration uh, for uh, doing that based on it being inconsistent with the regulatory process that had preceded it. In this case, uh, TransCanada, TC Energy, is using a legal permit. Uh, At the moment, uh, that legality of that permit has not been uh, overturned by the courts. And they're proceeding. So if the Biden administration were to uh, uh, try in whatever way they were to disable this project, um, they would have to be 
the owners of the project, Transcan and the Alberta government, would have to be compensated. Uh, and I think they'd have a very good case of uh, winning that claim. Now, none of that is what Alberta wants, uh, yeah. or Canada for that matter. Getting our money back isn't as important to us collectively as getting this pipeline built and using it as a means of uh, selling Canadian Alberta-produced dilbit uh, in a world that sees the restoration of crude oil demand back to what it was pre-COVID, which I still believe will occur uh, one to two years down the road. What about this take? And, and I think this is kind of optimistic and also maybe a little cynical, but I, mm-hmm. I think right now Joe Biden needs to keep his party unified. He doesn't want to certainly contradict uh, Barack Obama. He very much needs Obama's support. Uh, so that's his position now, but that once he's president, if indeed he is, and re- recognizing that, look, there's support for this project, uh, a lot of work has been done, that he would likely take a different view at the time. What, what, what do you make of that? I think if Joe Biden uh, is consistent with his, you know, former behaviors when he w- was viewed as a quote moderate Democrat, there's some hope that he would recognize that he would have to provide compensation for this thing. But more than that, this would be an enormous um, breach of, uh, frankly, good faith with the Canadian government, g- given how important this project. Is to Canada. I think even yesterday, Christia Freeland recognized the significance of the project to both countries. I think one could hope that Biden would, in the light of actually uh, assessing the actual legalities, the international implications, and, and frankly, how fatuous disabling KXL is as a gesture of his climate bona fides, he might reconsider. Obviously, the risk is way lower. It's non-existent if Donald Trump is president, and very problematic if it's Joe Biden. Personally, uh, I would I would not be overly confident that Biden would be almost obliged, even if he was rebuffed legally, to try to disable this project. So, I mean, this is a calculated risk that Alberta took. It's one that I still support the Kenny government for doing. That's my personal opinion as an Albertan. Uh, but, you know, yesterday's news was not, was not good. Mm-hmm. You're right. As you say, I mean, the current occupant of the White House doesn't need any convincing. I, I do wonder, and I, I know, you know, certainly, look, I mean, uh, Albertans are not necessarily big fans uh, of the current prime minister. But I, I do wonder if there's a way that Justin Trudeau could give Joe Biden some cover. If Justin Trudeau can sell a Joe Biden on uh, all of the, the climate policies that his government is, is uh, imposing, and then Joe Biden can go back and sell to the American people that, look, you know, our friends up in Canada, they're doing a great job on the climate change front, and and I'm okay with this pipeline going ahead. Is is there is there some room to convince them on that side of it? Do you think? Of course, there is. At the moment, Canada has, uh, you know, a national carbon tax, right? Fifty dollars a ton Canadian. I'm moving to that number by the time Biden's going to be president. That is as a matter of carbon policy. I'm sure what a Biden presidency would aspire to. And, and I think any reasonable Canadian prime minister would say, we have, in terms of that carbon tax, a a carbon policy that is consistent with what your own advisors would want to be able to uh, impose on the U.S. side. 
Because what you're asking us to do, to simply uh, go along with you disabling this project, has an economic impact to this country that is unjustified when we've actually, quote, priced the externality of carbon emissions. So I think the prime minister would have a compelling case. Uh, that fact situation, of course, wasn't quite in place. Uh, it was just the transition at that time between Harper and Trudeau back in 2015 when Obama took the decision he did. Um, I mean, certainly a Canadian prime minister would be expected to make those points vigorously. And uh, Biden would have to, a Biden presidency, if we're going to consider that hypothetical, should give great pause to that impact and damage it would have to the Canada-U.S. relationship, especially after this project was moving forward with a legal permit. So uh, that situation would be different. Yeah. You know, and in terms of, you know, convincing the Americans of why it's in their interest, obviously there's there's value in in this project from from a Canadian perspective, but you know, certainly there's there's good reason for the Americans to want this to go ahead, isn't there? Every environmental assessment that has been done on this has always come to the conclusion on the American side that the impact of this project on global emissions is immaterial. And secondly, there are demonstrable benefits to the United States as represented by this heavy oil going into its U.S. refineries for which they're optimized to run on, giving them more supply diversity uh, relative to Venezuela or Mexico. Uh, so the benefits to the United States economically have never been really debated. What's always been debated is the fact that certain U.S. well, the former Obama administration simply felt it didn't want to be complicit in a project that was moving Canadian Dilbit because of, quote, the carbon intensity, uh, which is the fact that when we produce Canadian Dilbit, the emissions per barrel of oil produced, they took issue with how, how high that was. Um, the argument around that is more subtle than that, but nonetheless, uh, making the point that Biden would have every opportunity to assess a different set of facts and potentially by a very strong advocacy by a Canadian prime minister, change his mind. And as you say, right, I mean, there, there is that capacity of these Gulf Coast refineries that it's not it's not American oil that, uh, that that we're displacing here. Obviously, if there's no Canadian heavy oil coming, that's that's just going to, that's a void that's going to be filled by Venezuelan oil, Mexican oil, and, and maybe from other countries. Right, and people should recognize that the significant increase in American oil production out of the Permian, which is a kind of lighter oil than Canadian Dilbit, it has largely been exported. So, you know, the Biden presidency is also going to have to come to terms with the fact that its economy, going back to the Obama administration, was materially improved by increasing hydrocarbon exports from the United States. And yet he is, he would be thwarting an integration with Canada to both countries' benefits because of, quote, the carbon intensity of Canadian Dilbit, even although we have right now probably the highest carbon tax of any G7 country. So again, Canada's been more of a forced mover on carbon pricing than anyone else. One would like to think that even a Biden presidency would remember that. A Biden candidate is willing to. Yeah. 
All right, Dennis, we'll leave it there for now, see where this whole thing goes from here. Uh, but appreciate your insight. Thanks for making and some time for us. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Rob. All right, take care, Dennis. Uh, that's uh, Dennis McConaughey. He's a uh, former executive of TransCanada Energy, uh, 30 years uh, in the energy industry, uh, currently a visiting fellow at the uh, uh, Public Policy and Energy uh, Studies Schools at the Ivy Business School, Western uh, University of Western Ontario, adjunct fellow at the Niskanen Center, uh, and has mentioned uh, the author of a handful of books on the uh, energy industry, his most recent uh, being breakdown, the pipeline debate and the threat to Canada's future. More at his website, doce.ca. That's Dialogues on Canadian Energy. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.